What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So I think long term, uh, the majority of employees will be back. But clearly it's a more hybrid world. But that's just not just a Chicago challenge, that is every single city is facing this. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is a man with two very important jobs. CEO of World Business Chicago, that's the public-private job growth agency that will play a very pivotal role in rebuilding the Chicago economy after the pandemic, and chief marketing officer for the city of Chicago. Michael Fasnacht, welcome back. Thank you, friend, uh, and thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure talking with you. One of these jobs you hold, chief marketing officer, pays a dollar a year. What does the other one pay? I think it's, it's public knowledge. Um, my conversation is very much aligned with my predecessor at World Business Chicago. So I does pay a little bit more than the one dollar. I, I would hope so. <laughs> Not that you need the money. You're a former uh, big-time advertising executive with FCB. Chicago reopened fully on June 11th, Michael, touted itself as America's first and most open city. But this week, we hit a bit of a snag. With Chicago's daily case rate of coronavirus cases now up to, I believe, 440 and tied to the Delta variant, we're back to a mask mandate in public places. Boy, I thought my mask could be could be just buried and uh, put away, but I guess not. Um, what do you think? What impact will this have on convention business? I mean, maybe people will just say, oh, the heck with traveling to Chicago. I think I'll just do a virtual show. First of all, I think it's always good to keep your mask around, Fran, um, because, you know, we don't know what as well the next couple of years bring. So I think we have to just be prepared that this pandemic is not just gone tomorrow. Clearly, the Delta variant is a step back. I consider the temporary step back that probably delay kind of a projections and everything by like a month or two. But long term, I think the outlook for Chicago hasn't changed. And I'm glad that when the health commission announced yesterday the mask mandate, and she said as well publicly, right now we don't uh, do any other additional restrictions. And when I talk with CEOs and people, they're very supportive of the mask mandate, and we got used to wearing them. So my hope and expectation is really it will not have massive impact on our recovery. 
And you don't think that it'll encourage more people to work from home so that they don't have to work all day in their masks? I mean, people really don't like that. You don't breathe too well in the mask. I think that coming back to work would be probably slightly delayed. If you look at what companies saying, they were hoping to come back in September and October. And when I talk with business leaders, they might delay it by a month or two, but not, I don't think it changes the significant outlook long-term of how companies think about working uh, from home and in the office. I think it will be much more hybrid working environment. And that's what I think will happen. So what are your numbers tell you? How many office workers in that downtown area? What is the population of office workers downtown? Is it about 400,000 or so? And how many, what percentage are back? And what percentage do you think will be back? And how soon? So if, it, if we look at surveys as well with and talking with business leaders, uh, the vast majority want to have their employees back in the office. There's only a fraction, I think, just a few percentage that say, oh, we don't need a physical space. It's the vast, vast minority. So I think long term, uh, the majority of employees will be back. But clearly, it's a more hybrid world. So I expect that most companies will go to a three and two, like I just like to say. So you will be required to be three days in the office and two days working either from home or traveling. Um, and that will like, clearly change slightly. Uh, people in the downtown areas, in the loop areas, for the march during the week. But that's just not just a Chicago challenge, that is every single city is facing this. But long term, I think the vast minority, over 90% of CEOs I talk to, believe that the physical interaction in the office is critical for the growth of a company, to be innovative, to be creative. But at the same time, we have to adapt. We have to think if they are fewer people longer term uh, coming to work, how can we keep the city attractive? How can we make sure that people come on the weekend during the week to Chicago, not just for work, but to see the Obama project in the Art Institute, to see some amazing things in the neighborhood. And that's what we have to keep focusing on. So what are the percentages right now? How many of the downtown worker population is back? So I think it, it depends how you measure it. What we are what we are guesstimating is between probably 30 and 40% of workers are back at least a few days a week. And, but the majority of offices and companies are open and allowing employees to come back to work, probably 70 to 80%. So you expect the three and two hybrid to continue ad nauseum, really, forever, really? I, I mean, ultimately, it's a company's decision um, what they do. But I think that is probably the majority they will the policies I see and forecast, um, but other companies are requiring as well type days uh, working in the, in the office. And it's ultimately so, each company's decision, but I don't believe that, that the pure virtual company world will be really a big challenge for us. So how does Chicago's downtown, which depends on this mass intro of people every morning on trains and buses and so on, if it's going to be a three-in-two world, how does the city's downtown core survive that and change with that? You know, I think a lot back to the Chicago fire. If you look at in there, because we're celebrating uh, in October the 150th anniversary of the Chicago fire, 
we have to constantly rethink of what we are as a city, how do we build the city, how we rethink and reinvent. And I think we are at the same pivotal point. We cannot just go back to the pre-pandemic times. I think if we look at the downtown areas, they really have three key sources of, of let's say, traffic. It is the workers, and I think that will change long-term, but not to the extent all people predicting. We have tourists, both from the suburbs and driving distance from the coast. And we have to have a much bigger share of, of leisure tourists than in the past. And I'm very confident with Choose Chicago and the rethinking there that we will do this. And third is conventions. And I think if you, I talk with the, the Choose team, the predictions for the next couple of years are looking very strong. The booking have continued to be strong. And we have to kind of just focus on the worker coming but we also have to look at all different streams of people coming downtown, spending money, enjoying Chicago, and we have to continue reinventing. What are the attractions that are meaningful and relevant in today's world? So like what? What do we need more of? I think we need more experiential retailers. Basically, young people want to come and say, I want to take a photo of one of it. We need to be Instagrammable places. And I think the McMahon Association, the Luba Lines, the Thunder on State Street, there's so many interesting new ways. I think the platification with outdoor dining has been a huge success. You saw some articles that some, some like entertainment companies are looking at, at the, the McMile. We have to rethink because we, the retail world is changing. And we as city leadership cannot just become back to the old world. We have to rethink these spaces. And it's not just the mayor's office or me in my role. You know, I, I, I always invite every single Chicago resident to rethink of what we're doing and how can we keep it attractive. So you're talking about experiential retail. What is that and yeah. what do we, where do we need? Look at Starbucks Reserve. Starbucks Reserve store is not just a coffee shop. That is an experiential retail that people driving in hours for to visit and spend money. And I think the store is doing extremely well. We need other places like that, where people say, oh, this is a destination I want to experience. So, uh, for example, you have Macy's and The Gap and Uniqlo or are among the stores exiting Michigan Avenue. Water Tower Place has that gigantic hole at, as, at Macy's. Target looked at it and took a pass. What do you think? What kind of thing should go in there? Should it be an, an entertainment live show or experiential retail type of thing? What would you like to see ideally go in there? I mean, I will not publicly some of the conversations we have, but ultimately the key filter for me is that it's a place that is a destination for people who are living close by, people who are living in the suburbs, and people who are coming from London. That has to be irrelevant for them. But we cannot, I think, we have to reframe these spaces. It's always like, oh, what's the next Macy's moving in? That, the thing, is the wrong framing. The framing has to be what is the relevant, attractive destination for all of us, and tourists, and people who come for conventions that they would go there. That is the right thing. Well, are you talking about a Dave and Buster's type thing or something higher brow than that? You're talking about something that's entertainment oriented, music. What are we talking about here? I mean, all of, all of the above. We have to look at everything. I mean, ultimately, it's not my decision because ultimately, it's the, 
the owners of the of these stores or make decisions, but we have to be creative. We have to be innovative. My key filter is it has to be attractive and relevant. And that's, I think, what we are looking for. And I, I think there's a lot of interest. And like you always know me, Fran, I will not publicly say, you know, what will happen. But I think um, I'm maybe optimistic that the magma will be different, but will be still a special place for people to go. But we also have to be look beyond magma. We have to look. If you look at back to my comparison, Chicago Fire, we were not just bringing the old Chicago pre-pandemic back. We have to look at the Chicago that is more equitable, more inclusive across all 77 neighborhoods. The amazing well, who's thing looking at who's fire, looking at the Macy's space? Who's looking at it? Give us some clue as to who's looking at it and what types of places are looking at it. Brian, I always appreciate your push to look for clues. I think like you know me know well enough, you know, you have to look at the, when things are signed, when things are done, then we can talk about it. What you're saying though, is that buying and retailing has changed, that people are buying online. So these brick and mortar places have to be more than just buying an item that you can buy online. Is that what you're saying? I think that's probably the truth. I think there's still some places to, uh, who are selling merchandise who are doing extremely well, but you have, and probably every retailer would agree with me, you have to provide an extra layer of experience and excitement, and then you can still do, ex- do extremely well. But yeah, now you, you, you uh, buying, I'm you know, sorry, go ahead. No, we all buy more online. We cannot change that trend. We just have to keep the retailers from coming and saying they have to as well be more interesting, more relevant, more entertaining. That is every retail CEO would tell you the same thing. Now, days before the reimagined and shortened auto show opened, you told Alderman that the convention and tourism industry should be back to pre-COVID numbers by the end of the year. Uh, Is that still the case? So, I mean, the Delta variant, like I said before, has definitely been a setback for us. I think it will be a temporary setback. We can discuss, is it, is it three weeks, is it six weeks, is it eight weeks? I don't think it will be a permanent setback. Um, and so far, I think I'm very optimistic for 2022. We have to see now how the Delta variant is behaving over the next couple of weeks, if it impacts already book convention in Q4 or not. We haven't seen yet a big uh, fallback of that, but you know, clearly we're going here from day to day on this as well to see when is the curve of the Delta VN bending? And we're clearly looking at other cases, if it's in the UK and other countries where the curve has been bent downwards, and we just uh, don't know exactly when this will happen. Have any conventions canceled? Uh, to my, I haven't talked like the last couple of days, but I have not heard any canceled conventions for the fourth quarter yet. You also told Alderman last month that Chicago restaurants twice forced to close their indoor uh, dining rooms and swallow strict capacity limits were coming back. You cited numbers from Open Table that said roughly uh, they were back at 80 percent of pre-pandemic numbers and that their biggest concern was filling the jobs. Is that still the case? Will it still be the case with the mask mandate? That's a very good question. I haven't heard any um, concerns yet that the mask mandate will reduce restaurant traffic. We probably have to see after Friday what is the impact. I think a lot of restaurants and restaurateurs are are supportive of this measure. I think it's much easier to to execute and monitor than 
uh, vaccine mandates. You know, I always come back to, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I see continuing to be both on the retail side, on the big companies, even in the pandemic, even the time of the Delta variant, companies making pro-Chicago decisions with the announcement of Cisco last week. So as long as we stay focused, we're doing as leaders the right thing. I'm very, I continue to be very, very optimistic about the future of Chicago across all sectors and across all neighborhoods. Why not a vaccine mandate like New York? The Chicagoland Chamber is urging its member businesses to implement such a mandate. Live theaters are doing it. Why doesn't the city do that like New York did? You know, over the last 18 months, I became a huge fan of our health commissioner. I think she has done a fabulous job together with the mayor of, of leading us through this pandemic. So I trust both their guidance and their decisions, and I don't really get involved in these policy decisions in my role. Commercial property vacancies are at their highest level in decades. Does the city need to bring back incentives such as TIF to draw more companies to the downtown area? It's a good question. I think it's, it's, I don't think there's just one solution. I think, like I said before, we have to probably rethink some of these commercial spaces. Are all the commercial spaces needed? Can we convert some of them into, you know, as you, you know, me heard talk about the Alderman, I think life sciences continue to be an extremely strong growth sector for us. And so I'm very optimistic about that. I think it's a combination of tools, um, but it should not just be tax incentives. And, you know, Deputy Mayor Samir Marika is doing a fabulous job of, of how to rethink space, how to use incentives. It's much more in his portfolio. Um, I'm really focusing on what World Business Chicago is best at. It's attracting new companies to Chicago and helping companies to expand. And since January 1st, you know, we have our 120 pro-Chicago decisions. Over 50 companies have relocated to Chicago the last seven months during the pandemic. That is not my opinion. That is a fact. And that shows how strong ultimately Chicago is. And that's the foundation of my optimism. Developers say that an, and uh, investors and companies are leery of Chicago. What's the city's message to companies nervid, nervous about the pandemic, nervous about crime, nervous about property tax increases yet to come, particularly for pensions? and with reassessments and with the reassessment of property to lean more heavily on business? As you remember, I helped um, on the travel of the mayor, might put in a delegation to San Francisco a few weeks back. I did not hear this concern. We had great conversations with tech leaders, with startup leaders, with the VC community, and the numbers have shown that while we have our challenge in the city, the 2021 will be a great year for Chicago in regards to startups. As you know, we have now 10 unicorns, meaning startups with a valuation of a billion. We never had that amount of uh, unicorns ever in the history in one given year. We're I mean, not done yet. Last year, the VC money invested in Chicago-based companies was $2.8 billion for the full year of 2020, which was the best year in our history. So far, we're already close to $4 billion. So the facts don't prove the hypothesis that companies are very concerned about the financial future. The decisions they make show that Chicago is a very attractive place 
to start your company, to relocate your company, and to expand your company. Is crime, though, the ongoing wave of shootings, the the recent publicity over the, the death of Ella French and the critical wounding of her partner, the looting twice last year, any deterrent for businesses considering Chicago that you talk to? Safety is, is always an issue, and as you know, not just as, as the CEO of World Business Chicago, CMO, as, as a resident of the city, it is it is hurts me to see, you know, what happened uh, to our police officer who, who did an amazing job for our city. Um, so that's just me as, as a human being is always impacted by that. Um, from businesses overall, I have not heard this as the major concern. What I'm hearing from them, the decisions why they're choosing Chicago design are really, really threefold. One, the talent. We have an unmatched talent pool driven by universities, speeches, and companies. Second, in each of the sectors we are focusing on, whether it's manufacturing or life sciences or agriculture, we have an innovation, innovation ecosystem that people are really attracted to. And last but not least, it is still a very friendly city with a great lifestyle. But surely crime comes up in these conversations. I mean, Chicago's in the headlines for it all the time. Yeah, it comes up. And and, and you say I mean, what to them? No, I mean, the killing of Officer French was, was, a, it was a tragedy. Um, what we're saying to them is always two paths. What are we doing shorter, Mississippi, with our focus on 50 neighborhoods where are the most impacted by violence, with community policing, with not just looking at the police, but at the whole criminal justice ecosystem. Long-term, long-term clearly, the only way to change this trajectory is to create economic opportunities for every single resident in this great city, especially in the South and West Side. While I do my job, ultimately, I'm not an expert in police. I'm not an expert in criminal justice. I know how to motivate companies and pursue companies to expand and to relocate here. And that is my part and WBC's part of our long-term trajectory to address the safety issue. Some casino operators, some of the biggest ones, have ruled out a Chicago casino. They've dropped out of the competition. And the city recently delayed the uh, deadline for the RFP. What does Chicago need to do to draw more interest? And does it need to lower its sights? Is the proliferation of sports betting just creating competition for a casino? Where do we go from here? And how do we attract more interest? I think in my role, it's really continue creating this momentum all the companies are looking at this opportunity. Wow, there's a lot of money being invested in companies. Their companies relocating. My job is not focusing on not driving more bidders for the casino. My job is to create the contact that potential bidders see. Wow, if Chicago is recovering well, better than other a lot of other large cities, um, they're betting on the right industry sectors, having the right workforce. That is my job, and I'm optimistic that we will have some great bids in. And then we go from there. But why do you think some of the biggest names in this business have dropped out? I'm sure, Fran, you can ask them why that dropped out. 
I'm I'm very optimistic we have some great bits in. And I'm looking forward to you know having an amazing you know casino with a great entertainment center around it. And I'm looking forward to, you know, play some cards there. Where would you like to see it go? It's gotta be downtown to draw the the greatest take and it's gotta be a high take because it's needed to to uh, bail out the police and fire pensions. So I, I have a clear preference on this friend in Chicago. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> With the bears well, talking like about, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, I can't just repeat myself. I think Chicago. Well, okay. The bears are taking, took an option on the Arlington Racecourse property. They're talking about Arlington Heights. It's obvious improvements to Soldier Field are on the table. What do you think the city needs to do to keep the Bears? How important is it to keep the Bears? You're bringing all the hot topics into our conversation, Frank, today. Um, I'm not involved in any of these conversations. And, you know, as a longtime, lifelong soccer fan, I watch so many soccer games on the weekend. And I'm looking forward to to visit the Bears game um, whenever I have some free time and there's no soccer being played. Well, but you can't dodge it. The Bears are 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 a very important tenant of Chicago. The mayor is a Bears season ticket holder. She has sloughed off the decision to take an option to buy that property as the same old boy who cried wolf routine from the Bears. But is it really? Isn't this a little different? Doesn't the city have to take this seriously and do something to keep the Bears, especially now that Bears Nation is so excited about a young man named Justin Fields from Ohio State, who just might be, I dare say, the franchise quarterback that this storied franchise has been seeking for literally decades? I will not get into any of these points because, as you know, there are conversations going on and I will not publicly comment on them. But would you like to see the park district do what it can to renovate Soldier Field, put a lid on it or whatever it has to do to keep the Bears? You know, I think Chicago is, if you look at the teams we have, is a world-class sports city with so many great teams. And the Bears have to also make their decision. And my job is to keep continuing keeping Chicago attractive, making Chicago more attractive that the Bears will either make the right decision, but ultimately they'll make their decision. But they're not going to do it if they don't get something different at Soldier Field. You know that. Like I said before, I, that is not my part. I focus, I'm very good with my Germanic nature to focus on the portfolio I have. And as you have seen at the beginning, I have two jobs and I focus very strongly on the portfolio I have and, and not things that are not in my lane. Amazon is building at several locations around town, but many don't like the quality of their jobs and the truck traffic they bring. Does the city need to ask Amazon to be a better neighbor, a better corporate citizen? Are its jobs worth the drawbacks? I think that is a very good question. I believe every company that comes to Chicago, including Amazon, is sitting down with them, and we want that they are a great partner to us. And they be not just becoming a place where there's just some, some last mile facilities in our city. We want that they are an inclusive partner. They're looking at as well the how can they invest in the south and west side to drive economic growth 
in these neighborhoods? Um, how can they bring more, you know, higher paying jobs to the city? So we ask any company, including Amazon, and they come to town, how can we build a much more broader um, conversation of how to drive inclusive growth in our city? And that includes Amazon. So what do you want from them that they're not doing? Want them to pay more? You want them to? I ultimately want that we are becoming uh, an important city for them. Um, that we have, they already have close to a thousand tech jobs here in Chicago. We want more of that. Uh, we want more that are put more business centers here. And it's at this conversation we have with every single company. We want that they truly invest in our city. You've talked about the possibility of expanding movie and filmmaking in Chicago. What about the talk of Amazon buying Cinespace Studios? Like I said, uh, we bet on early in our recovery work last year on a few industries, including movie. I think this bet is paying off. We are completely capacity are filled in Chicago in regards to movie production. Uh, as you know, there is the regal movie that uh, production complex was approved in city council a month ago, which I'm very excited about. Um, so we are building right now more capacity in the city to do uh, series, movies, TV productions. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very supportive of that. And if more players want to come in to invest, to build movies here, shows, I'm all for it. But Amazon is negotiating with Cinespace to buy that studio, aren't they? I'm sure you called Amazon and asked them. Well, I'm asking you. You're the head of World Business Chicago. You know better than anybody. I know fewer things than you might think, Fran. I focus on my portfolio and my work and overall, like you said, to really increase the capacity for movie production in Chicago. Yes or no? Are they negotiating with Cinespace and would that be a good thing for the West Side? We are welcoming uh, any company who wants to invest in Chicago in a great way. But I'm are not they negotiating with Cinespace to buy that studio? Like I said before, I'm not commenting on any current conversation that might or might not happen. Are you talking to any companies that are thinking of leaving Chicago? Anybody uh, that might be about to leave town? And are there any fears about keeping the Boeing headquarters because of the company's financial problems? As, as the CEO of World Peace Chicago, I'm always um, losing one hour of sleep every night by thinking about what company could leave. That's part of my job. So, and I'm very close to make sure when I'm concerned about companies to stay in touch with them. As you know, I have a great WPC board with no, almost 90 CEOs of Chicago-based companies, and I'm in regular conversation with them. Whenever I con I'm concerned or hear something, I'm reaching out to them talking. So far, I think no one has written about that. No company, no Chicago-based company has left Chicago over the last 18 months. Are you worried not, about Boeing, what? though? Are you worried about Boeing? I, 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 no, I'm not worried about Boeing. But I'm, my job is as well to always listen to the business community, to the CEOs, talking with them, and if they are concerns, to try to address them. Um, I can only look at the track record. Over 18 months, and there were a lot of people who said, oh, so many companies would leave. Not one single company has left Chicago. 
and I'm thankful for the business community. And I'm telling you, friend, I talk every day with CEOs and their willingness, the engagement with World Business Chicago, with the mayor's office is outstanding. They might not agree with everything I say, the mayor does, but they want to help. They want to invest in Chicago. They want to keep and grow Chicago in the most equitable, inclusive way. I know before we let you go, let me just ask you this. You told me on this show last fall that Mayor Lightfoot and her, uh, as you put it, authentic personality would be the cornerstone of the plan to rebrand Chicago and help the city recover. How's that campaign going? I haven't really seen any evidence of a rebranding or remarketing. So, so friend, I re-listened to our last podcast. I didn't use the word cornerstone. I used the word element of a campaign. And if you look at the campaigns we did over in the last couple of months, the unicorn campaign where we highlighted unicorns in Chicago, which was a campaign that was also inclusive of the Mayor Lightfoot because Mayor Lightfoot thanked them and, 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 and showed their respect to their amazing startup success. Clearly a big campaign about the brand of Chicago, the timing of during a pandemic is probably not the smartest thing. I think we have to really wait that we are beyond that and then we can even communicate much stronger about how great Chicago is and all our strength. But if you've seen how we market the city in a very targeted way, it's about unicorns, it was about the 100 reasons why Chicago is a great city for business, May Lightfoot was part of that. And she will continue to be part of that because she is the mayor in the face of our city. Not the smartest thing now, because why? Because it's it, it's not wise if you if you don't know when the, what the Delta variant is doing. When you're in the middle of a pandemic, it's very difficult to tell the world because no one is listening, no one is putting attention because everyone is so focused on dealing with COVID. And I think there, therefore, you know, you have to find the right time when you launch that. Okay, Michael, thank you so much for your time, and good luck with all the business retention. And we will we will watch with interest on the casino RFP and and the negotiations with the Bears and hope that they stay. And we will see you all next week. Thank you, friend.